Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What is Cafe Mocha? Cafe Mocha is experts, celebrities. What's up? This is Belle Bid DeVoe. This is Julie Idris Elba. This is Fantasia. This, this is Invo. This is India Ari. So much more. All from a woman's perspective. What flavor are you, baby? This is Cafe Mocha. You married his high school sweetheart right out of high school, and it was a mess. While everybody else was screaming, get a divorce, they stuck in there. Now they counsel other people on marriage. Gospel singer J.J. Hairston is our guest. We're talking about the book, A Miracle Marriage. I forgive you, I trust you, I believe you. Plus, he's got a new album. This is Cafe Mocha. Okay, what's up, Lonnie? You know, yo, yo, Angelique, our brother, Jamie Foxx, what was it, last week, his daughter put out an um, IG uh, post that said that Jamie um, was taken to the hospital for medical uh, complications. Mm. Uh, the reports are that he is still in the hospital. And um, there are different reports about what's going on and what's happening. I just want to say that um, we all, I, I, I really appreciate all the love and support that I saw the flowers of giving them to Jamie Foxx. Mm-hmm. But I want to say this, is that as we get older as Black people, you have to pay attention to your health. Mm-hmm. And I know that, you know, a lot of times we're busy working, we're busy taking care of kids, we're busy worrying. But, you know, if you have health care, and even if you don't have health care, go find you a free clinic, get your blood work done. Once a year, if you don't do it, but once a year, get you a blood test because the blood test they test a whole lot of stuff because a lot of y'all mm-hmm. got stuff going on in your body and you don't know. And you check that blood pressure, you check that cholesterol, you check your thyroid. All of that happens with the blood test. You know, mm-hmm. there might be certain STDs you may not even know you have. You know, so if you're not feeling well, if you're not feeling right, go to the doctor. But if you, especially if you have health care, don't get so busy in life. And I'm not saying that this is what. Jamie did. I'm saying that we have to pay attention to our health, especially as we get older. Have y'all did a physical? Have you did your mammograms? Right. Have you checked? Have you checked the the down there, your right. lady parts? I right. Checked, I had a mammogram. I checked the lady parts. Okay. But you know, when it comes to, <laughs> I mean, I think that as women, because of the lady parts and probably the mammogram too, but definitely the lady parts, we learn pretty early on that we have to go get checked for stuff, even if it's just for birth control pills. You mm-hmm. know, they a lot of times they back in the day, they wouldn't refill your birth control pills without doing that lady check. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But with men, I know so many men, guys in their 40s who are physically fit, eating well, and think that because they're doing that, they don't have to go get that their annual check. It's like, you know, you working out doesn't mean you don't have high blood pressure, or high cholesterol, mm-hmm. especially when stuff like that runs in the family. Yeah. And so you're seeing young guys, some of them physically fit, some of them not mm-hmm. so fit, 
winding up in situations because they weren't paying attention to their health. It's so hard to get guys to go to the doctor. And let's not yeah. even talk about the dentist. <laughs> That's a whole. That's a whole. And your teeth are very important. You got to. That's a get whole them other suckers. discussion. You got that plaque, and you know you've been drinking all the <laughs> sugary drinks, and you got to get up in that. You got to get them gums. You got to get. You got to get that that hard thing that the dentist <laughs> hygienists have, and you got to scrape that stuff off. Especially, you know, <laughs> people be smoking weed and all of that, and cigarettes. And they think that affects your your teeth, and and and, yeah. and studies have. Shown your gums, yes. Your gums affects your heart and all that kind of stuff. So it, it, it all goes together. But also, if you know that you have um, conditions and you're given medication, take the medication. Like take the high yeah. blood pressure medication, take the cholesterol, you know, until you get yourself together and, and check. You can have you can have a little high blood pressure or blood pressure a monitor. It's all kind of stuff that you can go to the little um, like the CVS's and, and Vons and, you know, and, and keep it. You have to keep abreast of this stuff. You know what I mean? Because it's stuff that just happens. You just don't want one day you boom and then you get into a medical emergency. It is a mess. After that, yeah. it's a mess. Yeah. If you feel some pain, go to the doctor. I felt a pain, and I was like, "Woo, I don't feel right." It was like, "It's your gallbladder." I'm like, "Oh my goodness!" Yeah, take it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, I like what you. I like what you said. You know, the blood work. If you if you if you can't do anything, the blood work will give you a whole description on what's going on with your body. And the older we get, the more fearful we become when it comes to our health. But yeah. if you are on top of it, you won't drop dead. You can get on top of the situation before it becomes a, a situation. Definitely. They think just because they, they run and they take in a, a couple of herbs, that yeah. is not, that's not health care. Healthcare is is actually checking. It's not just you know drinking chlorophyll or whatever y'all be doing. You know? well, don't, I don't need no swine, Lonnie. I don't need the swine. Okay, you know, yeah, yeah but I you drink still my ginger, ginger yeah, juice. Yeah. I do all of that too. I drink the ginger and, and the go to the doctor and go to the doctor because I'm like I got to check myself. So I want y'all to keep on living and you want a good quality of life. This is yeah. the thing you can live, but who wants to live if you'll, you know, you, I mean, you know, I'm just saying, I want a good going. quality of life. Okay. Exactly. Just, you know, the, the so, best quality of life we can have. Exactly. All right. Our prayers to Jamie Foxx. Hopefully he gets well soon, gets out of the hospital soon. It's Cafe Mocha. I'm Angelique along with Lonnie Love and Yo-Yo. Lonnie's about to get on her soapbox. Go ahead. <sighs> okay. Jonathan Majors. Mm. Oh boy. Actor. You know, he's in Creed 3. He's mm. uh up for um this Marvel character called uh the the Khan. Um you've seen him in uh a bunch of movies, you know, hitting his stride as an mm -hmm. actor. And he has been just hit. had a great run. Yeah, it's a great run. I mean, but he hasn't hit his peak, but he, he was on his way. And um, did a wonderful uh, promotion with Michael B. Jordan for Creed Three, and now he's been hit with uh, domestic abuse charges with a woman who uh, is his girlfriend or was his girlfriend, and probably was. Yeah, and so what ended up happening was that he uh, the the girl retracted it. We never got the full story, but this is what happens. 
You know, there have been rumors and everything like that, but we haven't gotten the full story, but evidently the police was involved. And what the police saw, they arrested him. And based on that, the prosecutor is like, it doesn't matter whether the girlfriend retracts what she says or whatever. The prosecutor goes with the fact that it's a domestic violence situation. And so now he is due in court in May. Um, uh, reportedly, his management team and his PR team have dropped him. Um, he had this attorney and this attorney had sent some, you know, she was like, we're going to prove that he's innocent yeah. and sent um, some text, a text message that was between the alleged uh, victim, the girlfriend and, and Jonathan and the girlfriend, was, you know, I didn't do this. It didn't make him look good. At Not all. at all. It looks it made her look like more of a victim. Yeah. Like she and, was backing off out of fear for you know yeah because it, it's just is it's a mess it's cafe mocha angelique lonnie love and yo yo it's so unfortunate because he did creed 3 and that was the follow-up to ant-man he was in ant-man which you know the movie flopped but still kang the conqueror probably could have gone on to be you know a, a thing uh well, um, right now, reportedly, there have been no talks from the Marvel uh, universe on, of replacing him. But I think that they're probably because there's a brother that runs Marvel. Um, uh, his name is Kevin. I can't remember his, his last name, but he I think probably what he's doing is trying to wait to see what happens with the case and all this other kind of stuff. But it's just not looking good. And it's not looking good because you don't know what the whole thing went on. You haven't heard from Jonathan. Right. You haven't heard from her. All we are hearing is that there were charges that he's got to go to court. And now you're hearing, oh, his his management team have dropped him. So And his every, agent, right? His agent not his also, agent. right? No, it's, it I was... I read this morning his agent dropped him. Yeah, no, I haven't read that. I read that it was his PR, but it, oh, you know, okay. probably the whole team is <laughs> <laughs> backed up off of everybody. You know, all of a sudden they love you. So this is why I like, especially when they be like, we love you, Lonnie. We'll, I don't believe that. I don't Today, believe that. Right. And, and domestic, violence is, domestic violence is so serious because yes. so many women have been through it and and men and live in fear behind it. And it's such a touchy situation, especially so young, so successful and in the public's eye every day. You know, the worst person you could be is someone who smiles at everybody and goes home and beats your spouse. Yeah. Well, we will see what will happen. Um, like I said, he's going to be, uh, I guess, charged in May and we'll, you know, we'll keep going with that. But so. I mean, how do you guys feel with this cancel culture? I mean, yes, he was arrested, but we know nothing else. We well, know nothing else. I, I and tend now to, you're getting dropped. No, what I, I, I like to wait. But also I want to say that there were two, uh, two directors that I guess um, are in the New York acting community. And when this first came out, they put out some tweets mm -hmm. about... Oh, there was a certain actor who was very difficult to work with, um, uh, a very, um, uh, I guess, aggressive or whatever. And those tweet dis those two tweets disappeared. 
Okay. And so when one said, oh, is it, is it Jonathan? You know, the guy was like, ding, 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 ding. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden it, it's missing. So there's something going on. What I tend to do is I want to hear everybody's side of the story because yeah. I know what it's like when someone puts out something about you and you're not able to talk about it. And so I And it learned, takes on a life of its own because it you're not able life. to yep. talk about it and address it. And because people don't know you personally, it takes on a life of its own and it becomes fact. So we're sitting here right now thinking this guy is a girlfriend beater. And we have nothing else to go on except now people are dropping him. Exactly. And yeah, how many times have have black people been called difficult and and uppity and whatever because we don't adhere to their ad standards right. of you know yeah or you follow what they standards. tell us to do yeah. right yeah and that's why I you know and it's not and I'm not saying that you know if he did it it's horrible it's wrong and yes okay good but my thing is i tend to not jump to conclusion especially when i can't control the narrative so you know we'll wait kill keep on waiting till some stuff comes out because people drop people all the time i'm telling you don't th that's not necessarily a signal this the signal maybe he may have dropped give them. me a break <laughs> he just came <laughs> off of two hot movies you know daggone well his pr people and whoever else aren't gonna drop him off of two major movies, Creed three and Ant Man, hey, they dropped you know. him because of those charges, and you know it. Well, Anna, we'll see. That's my soapbox for today. This is Thank Cafe Money. Joining us, gospel singer JJ Hairston. His new album is called Believe Again, Volume Two. But I want to start with the book, JJ, A Miracle Marriage. Welcome to Cafe Mocha. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm, this is one of those mama, I made it moments for me. Thank y'all so much for having <laughs> oh, me today. So sweet. <laughs> well, you listen to us, you in the D.C. area, you listen to us on H.U.R.? Absolutely. H.U.R. is right around the corner from me, so I'm, this, is, this is home for me. I'm glad to be able to talk to you all today. Well, super. I want to start with the book, A Miracle Marriage. I forgive you. I trust you. I believe in you. What inspired you and your wife to write the book? I, I'm a typical guy, right? No, I shouldn't say typical. Um, I'm a guy who messed up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when my, my wife and I got married when we were very young. We've been like literally high school sweethearts. I started okay. dating with her when I was 15 and she was 13. Um, wow. So when we got, when we graduated from high school, we decided right there, we don't want to wait. We're going to get married. And we went to the just for the peace. We didn't even go to an actual church, even though she's a pastor's daughter and all that. Um, oh, wow. So initially going into the relationship and going into marriage, we had no idea what the covenant meant and how we were supposed to uphold each other and respect and love each other. Um, so in those first couple of years, we like, I mean, we both were, we were living in separate homes and um, it was just crazy to the point where we were going to get divorced. Um, all of her friends and family and my friends and family as well said, just get it a no. We hadn't even been together long enough to consider it a real divorce. Wow. So it was like, we were going to do that, but something in me told me um, that I needed to re restore my marriage. Um, so the reason why we call the book A Miracle Marriage is we went from divorce court to now being marriage, marriage counselors and pastors together. And we've been married now for 28 years. Um, wow. So we've, we've, we've learned a lot, um, but the, what the book talks about is the steps we had to take. To, to retrieve this, to have this miracle. Because a lot of people think that a miracle just comes from heaven. You have nothing to do but just stand there and wait for it. 
But there right. are sometimes you're going to have to do something to, to have your miracle. So that's what the book is talking about. What is the top three tips, especially for young couples, did yeah. you would say to give advice to? Is one of them wait? <laughs> you know, well, I would say that. But then, you know, this is the problem. Well, I shouldn't say this is the problem. Um, my, my in-laws, they got married when they were young like us. And they've been married now for over 65 years. Mm. Um, so, and I know a lot of older couples who have been together year, for years and, um, they've gotten married very young. I think for us, the lesson was, um, you have to understand the covenant, but what we really had to learn first was how to talk. A lot of people get married and they talk around each other. They talk about each other, but mm. they don't know how to talk to mm-hmm. each other. So what we had to learn was how to communicate the things that we felt nervous about sharing, the things that we thought would make the other person leave us, just to be honest and transparent. And, and in that, we give each other the opportunity to forgive, to love each other through whatever we're experiencing. So communication is first. Trust is second. Um, I tell people all the time, trust is not a door you open. It's a building. It's something you have to steadily build. And mm-hmm. it comes through uh, making the right decisions. It comes through being very transparent. So you have to build trust. And last but not least, we say be affectionate, um, but people determine what affection means in different ways. What I've learned is we as men, there are a lot of things we think but don't say. Um, and I, I could look at her and say, oh, she looks beautiful today. But, I, but then I would say to her, you ready to go? So what I've learned to say is, uh, what I've learned to do is really say what's on my heart and what's on my mind. Because sometimes mm-hmm. she may need that affirmation mm-hmm. um, to come from me instead of it coming from someplace else. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I have a question. You say trust. Does trust mean come clean? You know, I think it does. I, and I know people say, hey, you, you got to make sure your, your spouse is ready to handle what you have to say. And, I, and while that's true, you have to um, be, be daring and bold enough to put your truth out there. Because what I've learned is when, you ha- when your truth is found out from another source, it sounds like you are lying the whole time. Yeah. And, and it will never be interpreted at, or felt as if I was protecting you by not sharing. So when I say trust and when I say communicate what's happened, I say put it all out there and give the person, give your spouse the opportunity to forgive you. If I don't tell you the whole truth, I'm not giving you the opportunity to forgive me. We're on the line with gospel singer J.J. Harrison. His new album is Believe Again, Volume 2. And we're talking about his relationship book, A Miracle Marriage. I forgive you. I trust you. I believe you. But, you know, JJ, many people can't get to the forgiveness part to repair their relationship. What are some steps to forgiveness? You know, um, I'll be honest with you. Forgiveness was a really hard thing for me. My family is known for holding grudges. <laughs> it's like we're <laughs> proud of it. Like you, you mess up with us, you'll never get in with us again. So forgiveness for me was a, was a, a strong uh, stronghold for me, and it's a process I had to work through. What I've learned is when you're forgiving someone, you have to try not to rehearse what was done wrong to you in your head. Because for me, I, you, we can have an argument right now, and I can go back 10 years and bring back to you what you said 10 years ago, how you said it, and how it made me feel, because I wow. consistently rehearsed what it felt like. But you, when you forgive someone, you have to try your best to let that go. The worst, the, I mean, the biggest stronghold, the biggest uh, opposing force of forgiveness is your memory. So if you can learn how to release what your memories and those bad thoughts 
and start fresh as best as you can, it'll be a little bit easier to forgive. Definitely. Let's get into your album, uh, Believe Again, Volume 2. What is Volume 2 about? So, okay, I'm, I, I've shared a little bit my, of my age. So um, when I first started releasing music, you, you record as much as you want. And we were releasing, I mean, we recorded like up to 20 songs. And then the label said, hey, y'all, you can't put 20 songs on one record. People are releasing <laughs> five song records right now. What are you doing? Um, so I said, okay, we recorded a whole record and we said, I- I'll split it in half. Um, so the first volume released in October, uh, the end of September of last year. And we just released volume two a few weeks ago. And I'm extremely proud of it. I got some great friends on there. Um, Pastor Travis Green, um, he's an awesome gospel artist. Um, and some others that are really great. But then what I've been able to do um, is also record some people who are just starting to come out in gospel music, people that are very young and fresh and have a great new sound. And we've been able to incorporate them as well so they can start to share the platform. And I'm really excited about how it came out. It's 12 songs that I think everybody will love, and it'll help you to remember what God has done. What do you want the, the listeners to take away from this volume? You know, I've shared this often. I feel like through the pandemic, we went through a strong health crisis, but now coming out of it, I feel like we're in a faith crisis. Mm -hmm. Um, There are a lot of people who just don't believe anymore um, because of various reasons, because, you know, they were really disappointed in what happened in the season of, of 2020 through 2022. There are a lot of people who lost loved ones. And because of that, they've lost their faith. Uh, but what I want them to walk, what people to walk away with um, when they listen to this record is there's a reason to believe. If you just remember all the things that God has done outside of your disappointment, all the ways he's made, all the doors he's opened, then it, it'll help you remember what God is able to do. And then you'll look at what you're going through now and say, if he did that before, he can do this too. I know you and your wife work together as ministers for your congregation. How are we bringing the young teens into church now? Because so many of them have been, you know, haven't been to church in two years. How, do, how are we bringing them in? You know what's so funny? Um, I think people think that in order to attract a younger generation, you need to do what they do. But what I found is the young people, they want God. They don't want any tradition at all. They don't want any, um, they don't want you to try to conform to them or appeal to them. Just bring them into the presence of God. And that's what they want to be. And if you look at some of the revivals that have been happening across the country, like at the Asbury College, where like thousands of students just coming in and singing. They just want an experience with God. And what we've learned to do is to take programs out of the way and, and, and and stop trying to make them worship the way we worship. Just give them the space to worship on their own. So that's what we've been doing at the church, and it's been amazing. But not only that, our church is in the middle of the hood. I mean, for real, in the middle of the hood. <laughs> and what's great about that is uh, we literally have alcoholics that walk in off the street and we, and we don't judge them. We love them. We have people who are, who are addicted to um, different drugs, whatever, and we don't judge them. We love them. And then what's been happening is they keep coming back because they haven't experienced love like this before. So it, it, take the program out the way, give them a space to worship and show them the love of God and they'll keep coming. The That's album beautiful. is called Believe Again, Volume 2. And uh, we've been talking to J.J. Harrison, Grammy-nominated, Billboard Music Award-winning and Stella Award-winning 
artist. Thank you so much for taking time with us at Cafe yes. Mocha. Can't wait to listen to the album, Volume and 2. And can't wait to pick up the book. Let's go. Thank y'all so much. It's been my honor to talk to you both, all of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. To hear the full conversation, check out the podcast at Mocha Podcast Network or wherever you listen to podcasts. We've got David and Tamala Mann coming up on Cafe Mocha. We're at Cafe Mocha Radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Cafe Mocha. It's Cafe Mocha. Angelique, Lonnie Love, and Yo-Yo. On the line, we know and love him from a thousand different TV shows. We've got yeah. Mr. David Mann on the line. Um, who We've never had you without your wife, so welcome, David right. Mann, Cafe Mocha. Forgive me all for yourself this time. <laughs> <laughs> So we wanted to talk to you because, you know, we're so used to seeing you, the funny guy in the Tyler Perry shows and movies and on the road, a comedian. And, you know, we heard that you were having some struggles with depression. And I I guess it's just so surprising because, you know, we think of you as the fun, happy guy. So uh, you've been struggling a little. Yeah. And and that's I'm supposed to be the one that, that, you know, has everybody laughing and rolling and all of that. But then I found myself just it just over a period of time, it's just like, I can't shake this. There's something going on. And I was just embarrassed to tell anybody because of the stigma of like, you know, you know how brothers we've been taught, don't tell everybody your business. I ain't going up there telling nobody my business. So I just didn't want to. And so I decided I needed to share it with someone because I, I was just like, how many people can I actually help? by sharing my story with them. And I, I found myself, I think my depression came because, you know, really I said my heart is so big. During this depression, I just seen so much going on. You've seen people dying, you've seen people hurt and sick, and it just weighed on me heavily and I just couldn't shake it. Depression is such a creeper. How did you know that you were in depression? I just, you know, I have a routine. I'm a, I'm a what you call a creature of habit. And when I seen like my normal habits of get up, go to work, let's do what I would normally do. It got to the point to where I would was sitting in my office and just the only time that I felt relief was just sleep. I would Mm. just literally go to my office and go to sleep. That's not normal. Something is going on. And I just, I just at night I couldn't sleep. I just, but I didn't want to share it with anyone because of the stigma, you know, mental health is something that we in the black community have got to start addressing head on and facing head on because, you know, for some reason we've been led to believe that therapy is not good. Well, you know, I, I had to realize myself, like, Hey, look, you need to get some help. And the first person that I told was my wife. And of course she was devastated that I would go through that all alone. But Mm -hmm. I, you know, once I realized it and I was like, you know what? I really need to go to therapy. I really need help. 
I need someone that can help guide me through this. And there is nothing wrong with it. But we've we put this stigma on on counseling like you're crazy. I wasn't crazy. If you have a heart attack, you go to the heart doctor. If you have something going on with your body, you find the proper help for what you need. But for some reason, we've been led to believe that your mental health is not something you need to address. David, can I ask, because you are um, a man of faith, was there an option to go to a pastor or a minister? Yeah, you know, and I did. I, you know, so often to go to the altar and say, thank you, Jesus, 15,000 times, and it'll be okay. But I did. I prayed and I got up with some of the same situations that, you know, that led me to depression. And so there is nothing wrong with faith and therapy. There is nothing wrong with, you know, you pray, but there's also some things that you have to address. We have faith, but if I have a heart attack, I don't just, um, let me go talk to the pastor. No, I'm going to go find somebody that, you know, that in that profession to help me get through that. And that's what I needed to do. My counselor was someone that I didn't know. I didn't even know how to sit down and talk to him. This is how bad it was. It was just like, mm-hmm. what do I say? And I just mm-hmm. said, okay, just tell him what's on your heart. Tell him what you, you know, what you're going through and how you're feeling. So, you know, it was weird for me and it was, it was awkward. But once I really just opened up and just say, listen, this is what I'm dealing with. This is how I'm feeling. I, I walked out of there feeling better. Now I had to go a couple more times before I, it really broke off of me though. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about finding a counselor because, you know, as Black people, we have different things going on with us. I mean, I remember looking for a therapist. I'm like, look, I don't want no 23-year-old white boy trying to tell me about a grown Black woman problem. (laughs) I don't want no 25-year-old. You know, I want somebody that understands me and I walk in the room and they immediately understand half of me without me opening my mouth. You know, and that ain't no 23-year-old white boy. So how did you go about, no no offense to them, uh, how did you go about sort of finding... (laughs) (laughs) the person that fit you, because that seems like it could be a difficult process. It it can, especially, you know, being a quote unquote celebrity, you know, who can I trust? Who can I, you know, am I going to be able to trust this person? But you, like you said, you need to have somebody that can, that be kind of tailor-made to you. Like for me, it would be different. You know, in our community, it's it's always been like, I ain't finna go in there and tell them white folk my business. So that was a stigma too. Like, you know, I found a brother, but how I found mine was through some of my friends that I know that were going to therapy that I could trust. And then when I went in, I simply said the first time it was a vetting process. I was like, let me see if you're going to be able to help me anyway. Cause you may be, you know, you may have a little couple issues yourself. And I come out and want to cut both of our wrists. I don't know. So okay. I was like, <laughs> not so, funny. I'm laughing. Right. Not funny. It's not funny, but that's the truth. I wanted to sit and see if it was somebody that I was compatible enough or felt comfortable enough or to open my heart enough to say, here, help me heal. So and, and- the idea is even if maybe the first person isn't the right fit for you, then you kind of go and try to find somebody else if necessary, if they, if it doesn't quite feel yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. You may sit down with them and discover, okay, you're probably not the person that's going, you know, be able to help me. So you, you know, you have to just kind of look. Now my, my deal was the gentleman that I chose to sit down and speak with. Oh man, he was, he was great. 
he was excellent for me. He was everything I needed. And I just found myself like, oh, my hours up already. (laughs) I I love sitting and having a conversation with him. So you just have to kind of sit and you have to find someone that's going to be suited for what you need. Like you said, I don't think it was going to be a, you know, a 20 year old kid that could tell me anything about life and that I could share life's experiences with. For me, it was a, you know, 60 something year old man, black man that I could share life's experiences with that he would know this is what a brother's going through. Here's your dose of espresso. Strong, hot news now. This is the Espresso. I'm Angelique. 1,500 students marched out of class at the school Ralph Yall attends. He's recovering after being shot for ringing the wrong doorbell. It could have been a FedEx worker, an Amazon worker, and their profile and shot in the head because a white person feels threatened. Meanwhile in Charlotte, no justice for Shanquilla Robinson, who went on a trip to Mexico and was beaten to death by her so-called friends. United States citizens cannot go to Mexico, commit a crime that we all saw on a video, and then come back to America and say, we're on base, we're safe. That cannot be the message that the U.S. authorities want to send. Forgotten from Black history and music history, the first composer of African descent who rivaled Mozart, Joseph Ballone. I used Grants too for the general energy of Joseph and like kind of the swagger and like the, the style and how he looks, how he walks, the confidence and knowing that, you know, my music is it, you know what I'm saying? Chevalier in theaters this weekend. That's the espresso. It's Cafe Mocha on the line, David Mann. Uh, talking about his struggles with depression, something that, you know, we in the Black community tend to try to act like it's not there. And, you know, David, thank you so much for being so transparent with us. Yeah. Um, This depression, can you explain how it was affecting you in your relationship with your family? My family could see that something was going on. Like, I, I'm very talkative. I love to have conversation. I love to engage in, in conversation. I love to laugh and have fun. I just found myself just kind of just being a recluse. And I gave the answer that most people give. I'm fine. Okay, I'll get through it. And I would say, speaking for me as a black man, we give we definitely give the answer of, no, I can get through this. I can fight through it. I can do it. I gave, whenever you start saying, I, 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 that's when the problem starts to get worse. We need somebody to help walk us through this. Yes, my faith, my prayer and all of that, but I needed a counselor, someone that I could just like sit down and say, listen, help me sift through all of this stuff. And you know what, David, once you got there, I mean, because I know we say in our community, it's like a taboo to don't tell people your business or whatever. But can you explain, like you said, you felt different. Was there some type of breakthrough while you were talking? You know, what was it was something that clicked that made you go, oh, wow, I didn't consider this. Or, you know, was there anything like that happening during your uh, your sessions? You know, one thing that he helped me work through, because I am close, like, my family works for me and I am the one, I'm the one that gets work, family, all of that twisted, tied and all of that up. Mm -hmm. And I honestly didn't know how to untangle that web. He literally drew a chart of me and my family. Like 
there are no boundaries because there's no boundaries for work. You and the wife work together. You and the kids work together. Then y'all go play together. Then y'all go. There is no separation of all of this. I got to find a, a bound, a line. And so stuff like that, just helping me sift through different things like that, just kind of helped me just like, oh, I get it. So when I left, of course, I went home and told Tam, I, I just, it, it just really helped me in some areas that he, you know, that he was directing me. Well, we are glad that you are, uh, are doing better. And, um, you know, we could not uh, have you on the line without having our girl, Tamla Man, because you, you all have um, new music and, and things coming out. So we got to bring her in. It's Cafe Mocha, Angelique Lonnie Love Yo-Yo. On the line is the man's. We have been talking to David uh, about his bout with depression. Joining us now, our queen. Tamala, man, thank you for coming back to Cafe Mocha. I just want to start here. You know, David talked about the day that he came to you and said, hey, I've been feeling some depression. And how did you respond? What did you think that he had been kind of, you know, grappling with this all by himself? Well, I first I was kind of I was kind of a little hurt because I was like, why you didn't say anything to me? And once he came to me, really, I just kind of tried to open my arms up would just honestly love to let him know that I was there to support him and whatever the issue was, let's figure out what we need to do to make you better because I need you. I need you here. I need you here mm. with me, me wholeheartedly. So I just kind of just poured my heart out to him. And first of all, letting him know that, that it's okay, that it's okay that, you know, that you're in this place and I'm willing to do whatever I need to do to help you be better. So my thing is, I just turn it into more of an encouragement. I'm going to tell you one of the first things she did. She gave me the biggest hug. Like, it was the longest hug. We've been married 34 years. This hug was, I told her, I feel better. I'm starting to feel better just from that. She gave me the most incredible hug. I could feel her heart in this hug. And I was like, whew. I wanted to kiss then, but then that's not what it was about. But it's crazy when you see somebody you love hurting though, you know. Yeah. I think that's the biggest part. We used mm-hmm. to him being our superman and that not to say that he doesn't hurt, because we know that he hurts, but for someone to just feel like at the bottom of the pit, you know, mm-hmm. you just we really don't think that that can happen to any of us. A lot of times we feel like, no, nah, you know, we, we strong. We, you know, I ain't falling. I, he's not going down. But to see him going down, it was like he's in a spot and it's like, what can I do to make it better? Because, okay, because, yes, I may have been a part of the problem. It's just like I'm not going to just put it all on, on him that it was like she was like you were saying, Lonnie, that it was me. But I knew that it was the family. It was all of us. All of us had played a part because David really is a fixer. He really believes in making everybody shine, making everybody do better, finding what you need. It's like he was helping everybody find themselves, but he was getting lost in trying to help everybody find their way. What are you guys doing differently now to sort of take some of that superhero pressure off of him? For me, what I'm doing is to, to, to notice that it's not about me getting what I need to get done, but what does he need to get done? So I'm turning the wheels of like, what do you need? How can we go about making these things happen for you, 
for you to get better. Cause I told my kids, I said, I don't care about none of you. I'm sorry. I don't cuss, but I do say, <laughs> I said, I don't care about none of you. <laughs> right now it's all about my husband, my That's friend, right. you know, and I just want to make sure that he's right because to hear him say that he was broken, you know, it's like, like I say, it's not that that word can never be used, but for him, I just never thought, ever thought that I would hear him say that, yeah. you know, that, you know, that he was, he, that he was in the need of, of prayer. He was in the need of help. And I just wanted to be that. So it's like, I just saw every hour because he was always the type y'all. He's always, I said, how you doing? And he would always say, I'm cool. I'm good. So you just take people at their word when they say they cool or they good, but not really realizing that when he was saying he was cool, he really wasn't cool. Mm. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I told him, I said, but I don't know that if you don't tell me. Wow. Well, I'm glad that, you know, David, you're working and you're getting better. And with both of you all sharing your stories, this is going to help somebody else. That's the show. Until next time, you can find us on all platforms at Cafe Mocha Radio. Cafe Mocha is a production of Miles Ahead Broadcasting in partnership with Compass Media. Executive producer Sheila Eldridge. For comments, booking, or more information, visit CafeMochaRadio.com.